Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Racetech. Racetech suspension and engines. Honestly, you can't find a better place to get your bike all tuned up for the summer. Drop your lap times, feel more comfortable on your bike. Save some money with Racetech when you mention Big MX Radio. You want to save 10% off Luxon MX products, whether it's their components for the triple clamps or the linkage system, you can enter discount code BIGMX at checkout and save yourself 10%. Same discount goes if you happen to mention BIGMX Radio when getting yourself a brand new set of wheels from W. WSA is the place to get wheels in North America. They have some of the best components you can possibly buy to build yourself a set of wheels you can buy a complete set of wheels like the edge set of wheels which i believe are still under a thousand dollars for a brand new set of wheels or you can simply buy a a nipple uh, nipple set you can buy a spoke and nipple kit from these guys and uh, and get yourself uh, basically a brand new set of wheels relaced up and ready to go for the new racing season they're lighter they're stronger and they're going to keep working it up my friend well Honestly, uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. We we'll also want to give a huge shout out to uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. They're on with us. Don't have a discount code with those guys, but they are available on Amazon or you can go straight through the website. I'm sure they make more uh, if you go through the website, but uh, I was really happy to see that you, I can also find them at my local grocery store. And between you and me, I put that stuff on absolutely everything. Uh, great, great uh, product. They've got a ton of great flavors, some that are not super spicy, some that will absolutely blow your wig back. I would check them out 100%. Uh, SKDA Graphics is on with us as well. Fox Racing Canada, of course, you guys know Fox Racing Canada is a huge supporter of the Big MX Radio podcast. Same goes for Guts Racing. Big MX 20 saves you 20% off every single one of your purchases through Guts Racing. Guts Racing is .com, Guts Guts Racing Inc., GutsRacing.com, you can enter get discount code BIGMX20. Save yourself 20% off your purchase. Go ahead and do that today would be uh, a good choice. Let's be honest. You need a brand new seat cover, uh, and yeah, you're, you're just doing yourself a disservice by not getting yourself a complete seat. You can get yourself a seat base. You can get seat foam uh, and cover that with uh, one of those brand new seat covers that they have. You can get multiple seat covers. They have Velcro seat cover uh, applications as well. They're really sturdy. They go on super easy. And if I can figure it out, you guys can figure it out. You can save 20% with Big MX 20 at checkout. Last but certainly not least, we have Maple Ridge Motorsports. It's a dealership in British Columbia. Uh, Maybe you're having a hard time finding that perfect piece of whether it's Fox Racing Canada stuff or um, one of the many products that they sell at their store. Um, They are the family fun store. So go check those guys out. Um, They have amazing stuff. They have great customer service and they might just have what you're looking for. So dial them up today um, and I'm sure they'll be willing to to ship something out to you. Or maybe you're in the area and you can go and get yourself something there uh, in person. Say hi to the folks over there. Uh, They'll take care of you. uh, Let them know Brad sent you and you'll probably save some money. Uh, Brad from Big MX Radio sent you, and you'll probably save some money off of your purchase. All right, guys, this podcast is about to get going. Let's let her rip. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode is all for you guys. This is all about two strokes. Reset the clocks, ladies and gentlemen. It had been since 2006 when I believe it was David Villeman aboard a Honda 
252 stroke and that means it's been a long time because honda hasn't made a two stroke in a lot of years but it's finally been done again we have a two, 252 stroke in a 250 main event or 450 main event it used to be the 250 class every time that i'm i'm explaining old two stroke records and stuff like that everyone always says how many or race wins that Jeremy McGrath had in the 250 class. They think that's 125 races. It's not. It the, the whole class was built on these bikes, on the backs of these beautiful two-strokes. It sounds so good. And every once in a while, when you throw it in the main event, you throw a heel clicker on top of it, throwing it back to uh, the great Kevin Windham. The man who put the bike in the main event this last weekend in Atlanta is on the phone with me right now. It hasn't been that long since I had him on the show last, but when the guy puts it in the main event, you gotta have him on. I'm talking about the 412 of Jared Lesher. Jared, how's it going? Doing great, man. Doing great. Still feeling good from the weekend. As you should be, my friend. Thank you so much for making some time on the on the show. Uh, your 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 arms are probably still pumped up from that main event because that's a little extra riding than you're used to doing. Um, but let's just jump straight into it, man. You put yourself in a good position uh, throughout the LCQ, moved into the fourth place spot, and uh, yeah, came across the, the the stripe with a nice heel clicker and a transfer straight into the main. Yep, yep. Uh, going around the first turn, if you would have asked me. Um, it, you know, is there a chance you're making it today? It, it would have been absolutely not. I, I came around with the worst start and yeah, there was really no thought in my mind that, uh, that was thinking main event at all. But, um, with a, I mean, with a longer lap time, I just kind of put my head down, did the laps. And, uh, I think on the last lap, uh, Michael, my mechanic threw the pit board and, uh, it said fifth on it. And I was like, thinking in my head like he's either i was thinking he was wrong honestly I, I honestly didn't think that i was in fifth and then i realized um about two turns later that i could only see three dudes grouped up in front of me and i, I assumed that ap was obviously gone but um so i assumed the three dudes in front of me you know that those were the the last three transfer spots so um yeah ended up uh, putting in a good last lap and uh passed mark here um, coming into the first set of whoops, um, and actually got the white flag that lap, um, finished the, the final lap out clean. And yeah, I went across the line, dude, that, that was a really, really good feeling. And it had to throw the hill clicker in there just, just for a little bit of extra style points. But, um, I mean, dude, it, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool feeling. Where did the decision to do the heel clicker come in? Like, are you just approaching the jump? And like, I assume heel clickers are kind of in your back pocket. Uh, you guys do, I wouldn't say a lot of play riding, but a, a, enough play riding that uh, a trick like that is pretty automatic for you. But uh, when did you decide to pull it? Uh, I think it was honestly coming out of the last rhythm section right there before the finish line. I, I don't even think I thought about it until that point. I I probably came out of that rhythm section and yeah, I found a, a line that wasn't ready going up the, the finish and it probably didn't take too much thinking at that point. My adrenaline was already going, so that's fair enough. Well, it's it's kind of interesting that you would uh it would be this race that you would put it in the main. And there's a lot of reasons why someone would think that this particular race is a race that a two-stroke would struggle at and the fact that like it's a more open track there's more opportunity for the 
the the high horsepower 450s, uh, more torque, pulling them out of the corners. Uh, they can pull longer gears. Um, but at the same time, the tight confines of Supercross can sometimes hamper a two-stroke as well in the fact that you don't have the torque coming out of the corners. You have to be more precise. Maybe an outdoor-style track was a little bit more um, playing to not only your strengths, but the strength of the motorcycle itself. Um, what do you think attributed to it, or is this just a case of rolling the dice and last week, this weekend, you had it? Um, I think... I mean, honestly, I think it was probably a combination of uh, number one, just being at home, being in front of the, the hometown crowd, and yes, sir. Um, friends, Frank Mann shed a like tear that, for you. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. He's probably still crying somewhere in the corner. Yes, sir. Happy, happy as can be. <laughs> but yeah, um, so just just being at home, you know. I mean, obviously, is a, is a huge plus, but. Um, I, I really liked the track layout. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, all the floater doubles, everything like that kind of lets you free up for a second. So, um, but there are a lot of technical, um, you know, tight sections on the track as well. Um, and you wouldn't think so, but man, I, I was bunched up in practice and, um, and qualifying trying to get a lap. And I was thinking to myself, this track's so big. I don't understand, you know, why we're so bunched up out here, but um, it just kind of seemed how it was, but honestly, I think just the kind of how open the track was with the two sand sections, um, there's a lot more, there was a lot more places that you could pick up time other than just rhythm sections, um, or whoops this weekend. So I think that kind of attributed to it. Um, the bike being light jumped through the sands, um, definitely helped out a lot, but uh, just having confidence on the bike with, you know, as far as, you know, Enzo, um, Yoshi coming over and, and helping with the setup throughout the day, um, things like that come, you know, are, are huge. So without those types of things, and obviously Michael and um, my good buddy Zach, I, I mean, without the whole team working as one, I don't think it, it would have been possible, but um, I mean, we, we keep working. And I mean, that's the reason why we keep doing what we do, what we do on the weekends. Certainly, my friend. That is what it's all about. Uh, able to put it straight into the main uh, through the LCQ. A great accomplishment for you. And like I said right off the hop, this resets the clock. This completely, like, I don't, I don't like it's a, like the resurgence of two, two strokes. I don't see that happening anytime soon unless they let these things uh, run full time in the 250 class, which honestly I think is probably where that uh, the bike you're currently on belongs. Um but just the, the fact that it was able to be done again, it hadn't been done in well over a decade, if not almost two decades. We're going, we, were, uh, we were 17 years, if I'm not mistaken, 2006, uh, the last year yeah. that we saw yeah. this happen. Uh, incredible feat for you. Um, and honestly, huge shout out to, uh, to Michael as well. Michael Shaw, who uh, twisted the, the, the T-handles for you. Uh, that's a guy who uh, the two of you guys are sort of in this together. You're in the foxhole, racing the two-stroke, going uh, track to track to track. Um, like, and, and you guys have had a very busy schedule, whether it's Arena Cross or or uh or supercross uh you've almost been like uh indoor racing barnstormers left right and center and it, it's been really cool to see um I, and I, I imagine that you've gotten a lot of uh, uh great press because of it as well as uh kind of cool opportunities as well wouldn't be surprised if the world supercross guys uh come come knocking on your door as well yeah um 
Yeah, it's definitely cool. You know, like I said, doing it in Atlanta and in, in front of everybody that I know, but um, there were a lot of people there that um, that had eyes on it that I think will be excited about it. So, um, yeah, we'll see where that leads to. But, um, I mean, going back to Michael and how much hard work he puts in, I mean, that dude, like I said, that, I mean, he doesn't stop working. So, um, without his help, his support, um, I mean, it, it wouldn't be possible. So, yeah, it, it was uh, really cool. Even seeing his reaction after pulling off from the LCQ, it's just like, I mean, you would have thought we won a main event. <laughs> it was it was that exciting for us. So, um, and and even the pit and and everybody else around us, everybody was stoked on it. Not not just us. So other riders were coming up to me, and um, yeah, it was it was it was really cool to to be a part of and kind of crack that. I mean, I, I don't even want to say it's not even really a record, but um, definitely kind of put it in the history books, so to say. So um, yeah, just just super cool. Oh, absolutely, dude! Absolutely, you're re- rewriting the history book. The last person who put the bike that two a two fifty two stroke into a main event, as far as I know, is David Villam in two thousand and six. It was later on in the year. Uh, it was the first year that he ran with the Buku uh, team that he actually ended up riding. It was like the Need for Speed or no, uh, the Reality of Speed uh tv show um like there's a ton of different kinds of reviews for that some people thought it was awesome some people thought it was not awesome but either way he was the last one who did it um and he did it mainly because they were having a hard time building a 450 forum that was going to be competitive and he knew a 252 stroke uh was at least more simplistic and they'd be able to do that just so you know it is 412 central time right now um and your number is 412 for those who don't already know um but yeah like that that so that distinction now belongs to you. That's no longer something that uh, DV can uh, can say. I don't know, he's not really usually one for uh, boasting about records and stuff like that. I doubt he cares. Um, but uh, yeah, that that uh, that plaque's got your name on it now, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, super exciting. Um, we had, Michael and I were talking about it today as well. Um, we looked at the results from 2006, and it looked like Mike Brown was also on there. So. Um, he was real. Oh, you know what? That, he was on a Suzuki as well. That's same, basically the same story because the the 06 uh, RMZ was a pile, and he went to the uh, I mean the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the 250F. I don't know. You're you're not old enough to yeah. have ridden one of those things, but Jesus Christ, they boiled for a living. And yeah, yeah so no, it, I, it, it might I be. Around, around, it might be I'll have to look at that right now. It might have been Mike Brown, and if that's the case, now I'm mad at you for taking a record away from Mike Brown. Yeah, uh, uh, I was going to say I think Michael did say something about that in text, but I'm looking back and see. Who's who is the the most noteworthy person who like reached out to you? Like, um, is has, was there anyone like that like, either you didn't know they had your number, or they had to get your number from somebody else? How'd that work? Um, man, uh, I would honestly have to say the cool one of the coolest ones um, I had was Stank. Stank reached out and okay. um, was I mean he was he was proud of me, which was kind of not surprising, but um, you know I, I just really kind of didn't expect that from him. So um, that was that was really cool, but. Um, Man, other than that, I, it's really just a lot of people that I, family, friends that I already knew that I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head. 
Hmm. Fair enough. Well, that that's that cool to hear. And honestly, yeah, I just looked it up. Fifteenth uh, Houston 06. I do not recall Brownie riding a, a four stroke out there indoors that particular year. So that must be it. Um, I just assumed it was uh, it was David Villeman earlier that year. I don't think he was racing later on that year due to injury. Uh, so yeah, you, you must've taken it away from Brownie. Cause yeah, oh, he, they, they it's funny cause they have him listed at an, on an RMZ 250 in the pro, in the premier class, you. but there's no way he was riding a 250 F in the premier class getting 15th. <laughs> yeah. Probably, not, probably, you're probably right on that. I do also like that he finished just behind Jason Thomas. And I do believe that JT is the only person in the vault who actually has his nickname, a.k.a. his initials, attached to his name in the vault. It is His name in the vault is Jason, quote-unquote, J.T. Thomas, which is hilarious and so motocross. Really? Yes. Sorry. Good times. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that, that, awesome. the, the record is now yours, and that is really cool to, to have that distinction. Uh, I, I know you probably want to uh, take this uh, into – East Rutherford and every other round this year, like this, it's it's not like uh, you were hoping to just get put it in one and that's done. Like um, the whole goal of this was to go into seventeen main events uh, when you started this whole thing. Um, but uh, to be able to get one, that's got to feel pretty special. Yeah, I'd really, I'd really like to be able to string a couple together here um, for the end of the season and and end it in a really positive way. Um, obviously, just being able to. To do the get in the one this this year, kind of kind of break that that seal, and then being able to do it at home is is obviously a huge win for us. But um, to be able to do you know all these rounds this season plus the Green Cross rounds, um, and to be able to finish out the Supercross healthy um, with you know multiple mains under my belt, I, I feel like that would be. I mean, shoot, do we be able to move with that? So. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, going into the season, um, I don't, I never, I mean, I never felt like it wasn't possible. I always felt like it was possible. The bike was capable. Um, I mean, we got tons and tons of great people, companies helping out to, like I said, to, to make these wheel turns. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a work in progress, but, um, I mean, everything, everything I, I feel like has come full circle and that's kind of what you're seeing is, kind of the product of that at the end of the season where I mean everything is, is kind of come together and is kind of jogging and working there you go man now like you said you've done a ton of racing which includes some some arena crosses and uh if I'm not mistaken um were you able to win one of the overalls or at least the main event with uh with that 252 stroke uh great spot for it yep um one one main event we won, we got one that night. That was in like Salem, it. Virginia. Um, I ended up going, I believe, one three on on the day. So I was, yeah, I was super stoked to be able to do that. And um, there were obviously really fast guys racing that series, and um, just being able to put the two shirt even on the box period at, at those things is an accomplishment. But being able to get a win with with the competition that's there, I feel like is. It's a pretty big accomplishment as well, but um, man, the, the fans of those places too—they they're just as wild as the, as the people at Supercross. You would never believe it, but 
Um, they they love the smoke just as much as, as the people at Supercross. It's really cool to see that series is coming back and coming back in a really strong, positive way. So, um, yeah, that's that'll be exciting to kind of see where that leads in the next season. And, um, again, with Supercross, the way it's gone for us this year, I, I feel like our whole program has kind of been elevated in a sense. So, um, in a really positive way. So, yeah, everything's been... Yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't change anything for the world at this point. I love it, man. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, that. Uh, like, I don't know if you guys are, have pooled some money together for B-Ray to get a lawyer for that case beside you. Um, <laughs> that was maybe one of the most like legendary arena cross cases. Like, I think he thought he was probably in second or third. He must've been in first gear or something along those lines. You had a front row seat for that thing. Uh, not to completely steer away from your uh, illustrious uh, main event ride. But uh, I, the, I, as soon as you said arena cross, all I could see is B Ray's ankles buckling. Yeah. I don't know how he came out of that uh, in one piece. I, I think he actually ended up just spraining his ankle. Over, yeah. like overall after everything so uh, yeah it's super impressive that i don't know how he's how he's so flexible but yeah that was uh many when he came when he went up i mean i knew as soon as he left as soon as he left the face i was like oh man that's not good he's he's definitely coming up short but um the panic grabbed the entire time in the air and then i i thought for a quick second that he was going to come down on like my right handlebar um so i kind of like I kind of like lean left out of the way and um, just kind of just shut the bike down. Cause I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. And then, yeah, I just kind of saw him explode off the bike right beside me, which is, is never good to see. I mean, you're obviously at that point, you're like, like, man, I, I hate that I had to see that. I mean, you don't want to see that happen for anybody uh, ever. So yeah, it was hard to see and hard to finish those laps out, especially with him on the side of the track. But um, ultimately he was, he was okay, which was, um, I mean, obviously a, a huge positive. So, um, to, especially coming away with something like that, I mean, you're not usually gonna just walk away with no serious injury after a case like that. <laughs> I think he went up in third gear, I think is what he said. Okay. So he just like, yeah, it is possible to be in the wrong gear on a four stroke, believe it or not. Um, on the two stroke, you, if you hit that thing in third, you probably would have just bogged and doubled it. Like there's no problem. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a couple times there, I backed out of it in second, um, just last second because of the way the ruts were coming out of the corner and, and leading up to the face, and um, just backing out of it and like going like partial two, like a little far on the two, kind of hurt. So I, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine coming up that short on it. For sure, and he was also like front end high. And one of the things I I always get kind of like kind of sketched out about, especially with arena cross, because there's such tight transitions. If you land sort of like back seat and on the throttle, like you are just a fucking passenger at that point. Like you just yacht and see you later. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, he, like I said, it, it kind of explode. I mean, there was really no holding on at that point. I, I don't think not not with that kind of impact. There's a lot of there's a lot of impact, so yeah, I don't, I don't think you're holding on to that one, but yeah, I'm glad to see you. It's all right after that. Okay, so take me through the scene of you showing up for staging of the the main event. 
like we said, it's been a lot of years since that that bike has showed up for a main event. Like, did you get any like fist bumps from like some of the bigger guys? Like, I'd imagine guys like Tomac and stuff like that are just like they're kind of like laser focused. They don't give a flying like they don't they give a flying rat's ass uh, about who makes the main event. But was there anybody that was like, was there like was Justin Hill like dabbing you up because like that's awesome? Uh, that's funny you say that. Um, I went over and I was trying to find some shade, like after Michael went over and, and hopped in line, I was going over to try to find some shade right beside the track and kind of watch the two fifties for a second. Yeah. And, uh, Justin Hill was on the other side of this, like light, it was like a light plant sitting there. Um, and he was sitting on the other side of it. When I walked around, um, he just told me that it was pretty cool to see and, um, that I made history and, um, you know, it was just kind of impressive that that I could make that happen. So that was really cool. And then Josh, actually, whenever we were riding up to the pits, he was uh, fist pumping in the air, revving his bike, so revving back at him, that kind of thing. And then uh, Justin Barsha came by, um, pointed at me, gave me a thumbs up, um, like that that whole deal, was, which was really, really cool. So, um, I mean, those guys have obviously been watching since, um, before I turned pro and, and before yeah. I was even a class. So I've been looking up to those guys for a really long time and they've all done really, really cool shit throughout their life. So, um, to be able to have that. And then actually the, the, uh, one of the gas gas, uh, I, I, it might've been a team mechanic came over and right before we rolled up onto the gate, um, he came over and he's like standing there looking at the bike and he hits his headset and he goes, he goes, Hey, just so you boys know, was a two-stroke in the main event, so uh, <laughs> I assume that they probably had a good time with it. And I like um, it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was fun, dude. It was, it was really really fun. Really cool weekend. I love that man. Like I I I I don't know what comes of this. Maybe nothing. But I think it would be so cool to have like a, a team or some sort of program invest in this and have have a two-stroke. On the back of the truck, like like for a company like like KTM, they're such a massive company. Like they still produce this bike, they still advertise this bike, um, they still homologate that bike. Or even if it was Yamaha, like to throw another bike on the truck, to have another bike, like like I don't think it would take like to, to basically replicate the program you're on right now would be extremely affordable and viable for a, a company that. Um, still produces this motorcycle. And by no means do I think that Yamaha is having a hard time selling YZ252 strokes. The only thing that I, that outsells YZ252 strokes is used YZ252 strokes. Um, they're, they're that good. Um, but uh, like, like in a perfect world, like what, what would be your dream scenario of being able to like someone reach out to you, uh, whether it's Gas Gas, whether it's Yamaha, um, something along those lines who like KTM, it was like, you know what? Like, we love what you're doing. If you want to stay on a two-stroke, we'll take you nationwide. I mean, really, just that. Just yeah, that would be in a in a perfect world. That would be um, that'd be pretty perfect, honestly. Yeah, just being able to to get the bike to to the races without having to drive it every single weekend would even be huge. Um, just flying into the races and um, maybe even just entries covered or hotels covered, flights covered, stuff like that, just to make it less, um, you know, less on our shoulders to, to know that we're taking money out of our pockets to go racing. 
um, you know, and then then retiring, I feel like you get a um, you get you know a better athlete out of that because they they got less on their shoulders in a sense. So um, yeah, I mean, he, just driving driving on the weekends, um, trying to get to the races and get back home, and trying to ride throughout the week, train throughout the week um, with all the driving is it's really tough to do. So. Um, not, not saying it can't be done. It can definitely be done. And, um, we do it. It's just, man, it takes a lot out of you. And I feel like on the weekends, you could be a better version of yourself if you don't have all that stuff going on. So, um, yeah, in a perfect world, man, that would be, that'd be, that'd be sweet for sure. Hell yeah, man. And you, you did mention to me over text that making uh, a main event is extremely lucrative for a 450 privateer racing a two-stroke. In fact, because you were able to put it into into the main uh, and, and get 20th place in the main event, um, that was an increase of pay uh, from f- the difference between 5th in the LCQ, which is not a transferring spot, to 20th in the main is a whopping $400 Canadian, which roughly translates to $300 US. Um, that that is a staggering number. Um, in order to make the main, congratulations on that. That's got to make you feel good. That's uh maybe a quarter tank of fuel uh, nowadays. <laughs> right. I am kidding. Right. Yeah. With, yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> with gas prices and everything, for sure. Yes. Right. Now it's uh yeah that that three hundred bucks is yeah takes you takes you places, but um, luckily you have. Um, the great people at Yamaha and, um, you know, the great people at fly that help me out and do our bonus programs and incentives and everything like that for main events. Um, they kind of tack on to what your earnings are from, from, you know, supercross themselves on the weekend, which obviously helps out. And, um, man, it even goes as far as, um, uh, you know, people reaching out and this actually goes back to your question who's the, you know, the people that reached out or the coolest people or, or whatever that kind of texted you. Um, man, there's been some awesome people to reach out and, um, offer, you know, just some dollars to help us get to the next round. And, um, you know, they're just super stoked that we were able to, to put it into the main and, um, you know, just, just the whole thing. So, um, that, that's been one of the, if not the coolest thing so far as just the, the support and, um, kind of a love for the two stroke. It's really just, I don't know, kind of brings, brings everybody together and, and, um, especially the old heads and, um, the people that, that kind of love the sport, um, for what it was years ago. And, and, um, you know, they, they still love it for that reason and just kind of old school. So I feel like that, that kind of fits into a certain generation and, um, yeah, it's kind of showing in a sense. I love it, man. Well, um, good on you. Good on here on on you to hear that uh, people have uh, have have like sorted you out and got gotten you some more pay as far as your sponsors as well as some uh, the Moto Faithful for uh, for hooking you up a little bit. Uh, I know you were able to do something pretty cool with uh, with FMF at the beginning of the year. Hopefully, there's more opportunities like that uh, going forward. Uh, we know you're going to be active with Supercross for the uh, the rem- remainder of the rounds. Are you going to Denver or no? Yep. Yeah, we'll be in Denver and uh, nice. we'll do Salt Lake as well. I like it. 
And then uh, plans to go outdoors? Like, are you just two-stroke guy full time now? I feel like uh, it's uh, once you've become a two-stroke guy, it's awfully hard to uh, grab the two more strokes and uh, and switch. Like, people are gonna <laughs> maybe throw your feet to the fire a little bit on that one, man. No, nah, we're saying two-stroke. We're, yeah, we gotta we gotta stay two-stroke at this point. I I feel like with with as far as we come with the bike and uh, you know everything like that and just results this season and how I feel and thing. I, I would be feel like I'd be going backwards to, to switch at this point. So I feel like that's, that's definitely the move for the rest of the season and next year. Uh, as far as outdoors goes, I think, um, I think we, you and I kind of talked about this previous and probably do, you know, a handful of outdoors, um, you know, five, six of them, the, the ones that are closest. If, um, if we have the funds to, to go racing and do, uh, more of them we'd love to it's just um man it's it's hard to hard to fund that and travel all over the place like i was saying so um and and outdoors doesn't pay as much and there's a lot a lot more that goes into it so it's really hard to do a weekend outdoors with just two you know me and michael traveling and, and trying to do it so i mean it can't be done and i've been doing it since 2016 but at some point uh I mean, you got to start making money at this stuff. So it's kind of where I'm at with it. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you've done you've done a great with the job with it so far, man. Uh, I think better things ahead for you as you guys become more organized with how you advertise this thing, generate more attention to it. Um, like two strokes are are are, are far from dead. Uh, maybe, maybe not, uh, winning, an, winning a main event anytime soon, but, um, you, you've breathed some life into that. And now, uh, all of those two stroke guys that won't shut up on all the, all the, the forums and the websites and this, that, and the other thing, um, you are now to blame. You are, you can take, like, take full responsibility for those guys. Uh, just, uh, yeah, carrying that torch just that much further. Um, so that is both probably annoying to a many, uh, who cover the sport and, uh, and awesome for for guys like me who absolutely love it. Still race two strokes. Yeah, yeah. You still you still got the people out there that that don't like it. You know, you got you got the guys in the comment sections that are just saying the complete opposite. I think just to get other people fired up, or oh, yeah. maybe they honestly just don't like the two stroke or whatever. Pick but me, pick uh, the, you know what that is, man. They don't. That, they either didn't grow up with them or they genuinely don't know how to ride them. And they're they're jealous of the fact that like you can dance on the shifter and play with play with the uh, the clutch the way you do, uh, because you got to be a pretty smooth operator to uh, to make a two fifty two stroke go around a supercross track. Uh, it's it's a lost art, uh, but you've mastered it, so that's pretty awesome. Thank you, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I, w- I would probably agree with you, um, but it, it's it's just more for me. It's just more entertainment than anything. I I mean, let let them talk. Let, let let the algorithm sort it out and it just gets us more views. So, um, yeah, yeah. Keep it coming. All right, on man. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Uh, do not hang up. Oh, actually, first of all, give me, uh, give my sponsors some loves, uh, give your sponsors some love for us right real quick. Yeah. So, um, SLJ services of Atlanta, um, my mom and dad, I obviously can't thank them enough for everything they do. Budget blinds of Orlando, uh, Michael Shaw, my mechanic, everything he does, spending wrenches, to helping me during the week, um, you know, helping me with, you know, everything in between, um, driving, all that kind of stuff. Um, HP, HP race development for building a badass motor and um, kind of helping us 
fine tune, you know, the race speed and get that thing, you know, the power where it needs to be. Um, he's been a huge help with everything. FMF, fly racing, Hanson, Dunlop, um, Enzo suspension, keeping that thing. Um, like I said, Yoshi last weekend and Ross over there at Enzo, they got that thing dialed, you know, the best they can and um, giving me the best opportunity to, to do my best on it, which has been really, really cool. Um, Moto Pro graphics, you know, keeping the bike looking fresh all season long. Uh, Pro taper, Luxon, anchor tape, blood um, lubricant, snow toil, EVS, FP, F, FCP racing, uh, Moto Seat, Motion Pro, and SM Pro wheels. And it's, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure working with these guys. A lot of them have been, um, you know, three, four, five years of relationships and, and even longer. So, um, yeah, can't thank them enough. And even the outside help, like I was talking about from, you know, local people pitching in, uh, uh, friends, family, everybody that's been supportive and kind of along for the ride. And it's, it's been one hell of a ride and <laughs> hell yeah, we'll keep it going. Right on, man. Well, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there. <laughs>